because I'm dumb like that. Yes, you are. Take me for I was intoxicated. No, I'm not drunk, madam, but you give me an idea. A very bad habit. You're listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. Ooh, what are you drinking? A big rum and coke. How big? How big is it? It's a pint. A pint of rum. Welcome to Air Out My Shorts. I'm the word whore. And I'm Preston Buttons. Hola. Where did you go boozing last night? Last night I went to... Um, oh, Jesus. Where was I last night? Oh, um... <laughs> The parts so you can remember. Um, I went out for dinner, and everything started quite normally, and then something bad happened. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> good. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it can be. Anyway, I think I'm kind of drunk the moment because I don't know when to stop <laughs> um, you sound a little drunk I've decided that's my biggest problem I don't know when, to st- <laughs> when why don't I know when to stop why can't I say no what do you think is my issue here uh, I don't know dr. buttons but I but I know that it is an issue why, why do I not know when to stop Know when to draw the line. Yeah, why don't I know how to... Can someone... Is there Are there courses on that? I was going to say you're lousy at pacing, too, but that's not necessarily true. No, I'm actually pretty good at pacing. I've got good rhythm. But you don't know when to stop. Exactly. Too much of a good thing. Yep, that's my, um, that's my pet peeve of the moment. That's <laughs> not really a pet peeve. That's um, my crutch of the month. Mm-hmm. Crutch of the month. Crutch of the month. I don't know what. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> Circumstance of the life. I think is oh, okay. More my my yeah. Okay, uh, but it's what I'm. It's, it's the problem I'm focused on at the moment. It's giving me the most pain. I uh, I actually discovered one of your biggest problems. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I'm sure. Uh-huh. There's this movie uh, called Cold Comfort Farm. It's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty obscure little flick. I, uh, I know the name, but I don't, um, don't know. Well, the, the, I think one of the reasons it's sort of resurfacing is because Kate Beckinsale is in it. The, mm. the super hot leather clad British chick right. from uh, those awful, awful vampire movies. Right. Mm. Anyway, uh, it, I'm not claiming I've got some special insight or anything, but I, I believe it's a, it's, it's a very deep and meaningful and philosophical piece of work, and everybody's missing the fucking point. I see. And that you, Buttons, 
you need to figure out what your nasty thing in the woodshed is. Because it's what's keeping you from living life. I'm serious. I see. I'm serious. It's very deep. Which is how I know you'll cut that out. But it's very deep. <laughs> anyway, it's vi- it's an awesome movie. And you know who else is in it? Sir Ian. Love of my life. McKellen or home? Of course, McKellen. Oh. Fuck nuts. <laughs> Did I tell you my brush with Ian McKellenism? No, probably. Oh, okay. I won't bore you with it again, then. <laughs> but... I don't My apologies. It. You d- how can you not remember that I had an actual pseudo brush with Ian McKellen? Sir Ian McKellen. I am on my knees at the moment, by the way. And what was this brush? This almost brush? Oh, that with it, Sir Ian okay, McKellen. It, it, it sort of tickles me and sort of pisses me off at the same time. Two years ago at Film Fest in Toronto, I made out with a guy who made out with Ian McKellen the following night. And the reason it pisses me off is because I wish it had happened the other way around so that I could have been sharing Ian McKellen cooties instead of Ian McKellen getting my cooties. He's probably still being treated for it. No, I'm telling you, the guy made out with Ian McKellen after the night. That's what I mean. Yeah. So... I didn't get to get Ian McKellen cooties, but somebody gave my cooties to Ian McKellen. <laughs> yes, I got that the first time. That's why I said he's still probably being treated for it. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I I only <laughs> never really sort of listened to you. <laughs> you you know that. I, yes. I I just speak and assume you're kind of talking once in a while. <laughs> but I'm pr- I'm awfully proud of that. It's kind of hot, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the sarcasm, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> In kind of a not hot, irrelevant kind of way. <laughs> it's not irrelevant. He's in Cold Comfort Farm, which is the movie that you need to watch to figure out what's wrong with your life. Full circle, you see? I had a point. <laughs> Well done. And Kate Beckinsale looks fucking great in tight leather. The end. (laughs) Come on, I had all kinds of points. (laughs) I would like you to please watch Cold Comfort Farm and find out what your nasty thing in the woodshed is so that you can so that you can pick up your bootstraps and roll up your sleeves and jump back into life and get out of your locked room, grandma. Okay? Okay. Okay. Would you like to read a story? Sure. I have picked out a story called At His Own Pace by Mike Dominic from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Irvin was walking through a field of wildflowers, the grass swaying around his ankles in a gentle breeze that floated across the hillside. The sky overhead was a brilliant blue, unbroken by cloud. The warmth of the day was a blessing to his face as he strode barefoot through the grass. Irvin threw his arms wide and fell back to the soft earth. (laughs) 
The 5.55 alarm jolted Irvin Maskell out of his sleep. And even before he had opened his eyes, he was standing by the clock, thumbing the button to silence the buzzer. He stood bleary-eyed for a moment, then looked back longingly at his rumpled bed. One of these days, he'd be starting the day at his own pace. None of this pre-dawn jumping out of bed bullshit. He sighed and staggered to the bathroom to piss, rubbing the morning detrius from his eyes. He applied shaving cream, soap, shampoo, hair gel, deodorant, aftershave lotion, and cologne. Fully awake now, he dressed and hurried down to a cold cereal breakfast, then ran to grab the keys, change, transit pass, wallet, cell phone, PDA, and MP3 player before dashing out to the bus. As usual, the bus was crowded, and while he could have gotten a seat, it would have meant squeezing between a middle-aged woman who was intent on her knitting and a hugely overweight construction worker in a stained parka who was apparently sound asleep and starting to slump over into the empty seat next to him. Irvin chose to stand. On the beach at Guadalupe, the sun was just beginning to set into the ocean, painting the evening sky in fascinating hues of orange and crimson, causing the low waves to glint with a diamond dazzle that was prismatic through the frosted Mai Tai glass that Irvin set on the arm of his lounger. That's a mouthful. Oh, no kidding. Down the strand, a young couple walked hand in hand in the surf, while off to his left, a trio of bikini-wearing young ladies passively lobbed a volleyball back and forth over a net. A slow smile spread across Irvin's face as he lay aside his novel and took a long, cool sip of... The bus jerked to a stop, and Irvin pushed out through the crowd. Buttoning up against the February chill, he slung the briefcase strap over his shoulder and started the ten-minute walk to his office. Deftly, he skirted past icy patches, stepped over a steaming pile of dog shit, and narrowly avoided having his knees removed by a blonde woman in a navigator who was talking on her cell while fixing lipstick, her SUV stopping sharply halfway into the right turn she'd been intent on making. I hate those bitches. Yeah. Down with them bitches. Down with them bitches. Entering the last stretch before his office building, he spotted the ragged blonde woman crossing the street toward him, ignorant to danger from oncoming, ignorant to danger from oncoming traffic. Rail thin and haggard, with her shag hairdo gone limp, with her shag hairdo gone limp, she was a party girl someone had left out in the rain. <laughs> She'd first approached him from money up. on the street. <laughs> Shut up! Is this about me? Sound like someone we know? Fuck you! <laughs> She'd first approached Nobody him from money on the street. Nobody left my cake out in the rain. <laughs> I'll put it there myself. <sighs> She'd first approached him for money on the street about a week ago. He'd bought her breakfast at Burger King and given her five from the change. He figured she'd probably smoke it or drink it, but he felt good about making the effort. At least he'd given her some food. She probably figured he was an easy touch and was coming to see if she could hit him up again. She looked even worse this time. Her hair was more than stringy. It was matted with grease and... Dirt? Blood? Her eyes had gone bloodshot like she'd been crying, 
but her sockets were sunken, not puffy. A limp she'd somehow gained since he'd last seen her made her whole body seem disjointed, worse. He saw, when she got close, that she had a blob of what appeared to be yogurt right on the tip of her nose, which she either didn't notice or didn't care about. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there, baby. Look, I don't have any... He started to say as she came at him with an outstretched hand, but didn't get to finish. The hand he thought was held out for... Money grabbed his sleeve instead and dragged his arm to her face. Her thin, painted lips pulled back from her teeth, uh, pulled back from teeth that seemed too long in their gums, and she clamped down on the muscle of his forearm, biting through coat, blazer, shirt, and flesh quickly and very painfully. Irvin helped and pulled his arm from her... Irvin yelled. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry I was turning it into something sexy. Um, (laughs) 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 Irvin yelped and pulled his forearm from her grasp, backing away with a shocked look on his face. The woman had clearly gone insane and was now attacking people at random. As she started toward him again, Irvin turned and dashed away quickly, leaving her to focus her attention on the next luckless soul. He made it to his office just before 7.30, set his coat and briefcase by his cubicle, and went to the staff washroom to inspect the injury. Aww. (laughs) I feel sad for him. I, th- I thought office. it was kind of a sexy biting attack, but anyway. Mm. There's a fine line. <laughs> Peeling off his blazer, he saw that the sleeve of his shirt was dark with his blood, but that the bite itself did not appear to be very deep or serious. Still, he washed the wound and wrapped it in gauze from the emergency kit, then rolled up the sleeve to hide the blood stain, and went back to his cubicle, promising himself he would go to a clinic to check for infection after five o'clock. Irvin turned on his monitor and tried to get into his day. There was that account conversion report to prepare for the controller, as well as status and adjustment reports, a meeting with the claims department at 11.30, and his bank reconciliations were due by two. Somewhere in there, he had to try to find time to make the adjustments that one customer was screaming for and contact another half-dozen customers about overdue checks. He knew all this, but just couldn't seem to get moving on it, couldn't seem to find the right pace. When he tried to focus on his screen and start typing, his vision swam and his arm began to throb painfully. He wondered if it could get infected that quickly. He left his desk and went to the break room to get a cup of coffee and try to pull himself together. As he waited for the coffee to perk, he sat at a cafe table, enjoying a tall mug of Arabian coffee with a glazed cherry danish. His copy of mm. Les Miserables lay upturned on the table next to his plate. His chin rested on his hand as he chewed thoughtfully and watched the people pass along the waterfront. Children stopped to peer over the dock for starfish. A busker juggled brightly colored balls to the accompaniment of music from a portable radio. Irvin took another large bite from his Danish. 
not caring as the bright red cherry filling dripped down his chin onto the... <laughs> hey, Irvin, how's tricked? It was the girl from marketing. The one who always wore black nylons and silvery jewelry and had her hair pulled back into a tight ponytail to show off the heavy eyeliner and lipstick she was never without. She had a personality like a cheese grater and a voice like Fran Drescher. But Irvin was... Ooh, you gotta Irvin, do that line again then. Hey, Irvin, how's tricks? <laughs> she had a personality like a cheese grater and a voice like Fran Drescher, but Irvin liked the way she looked nevertheless. Now, she was looking puzzled as he stood there staring, unresponsive. You all right? she asked. Irvin snapped back to himself. Yeah, yeah, fine. Just not enough caffeine in me yet. Some mornings you just want to pour milk and sugar into the pot. Know what I mean? She laughed a polite laugh. <laughs> and then said, Listen, Irvin, I meant to mention, I have more adjustments to be done on the Lightcorp account, and I need three new credit accounts set up for the CTA group. Is there any way you can get that done for me today? The question was rhetorical. Another day marching to someone else's drum. Do you remember when um, our friend Barabbas was dating the girl who laughed like Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer? No. Oh, it's too bad, because her laugh was killer. <laughs> That's quite a description, though. <laughs> it was so awful. And she was really fucking hot. She had, like, legs up to her ears. It was so sad, that, but the, she had to go. That's, uh, that's something that's pretty hard to contend with. Irvin poured himself a coffee and headed back to his cubicle. His arm was hurting less now, but his whole body was throbbing. Throbbing. Was it? He wondered if he was just getting a cold. At his desk again, he sipped his coffee and adjusted his keyboard, but before he could start working, he suddenly felt sick to his stomach and dashed for the washroom. Food poisoning from coffee, he thought? No. Not that quickly. Food? <laughs> or not at all. In the washroom, his stomach spasmed as he urged over the sink. But nothing came up. Instead, his vision got worse and worse. It became harder to keep his balance. He slid down the wall to the floor, just as everything went black. He was in the field of wildflowers again, gazing across the gently swaying plain. Across the field, he saw small shapes moving. A moment revealed them to be a pack of dogs coming in his direction. They were not barking or slavering. Although he could... Mm, sorry, I was slavering. <laughs> they were not barking or slavering, although he could soon see that they all had red muzzles. Still, he felt no fear. He knew they did not mean him harm. When they reached him, he knew they were there to invite him to run away with them. He felt, with the instinctive certainty of dreams, that he had only to be willing, and he would become one of them, and his spirit would float away, eternally free in the form of a wild dog running through wildflowers. And Irvin was so very willing. Gradually, he felt his spirit rising and drifting, moving away from the person he had been. Irvin Maskell's eyes opened. He was still on the floor. Dirt and water soiled his pants, but he did not notice. The injured arm did not hurt, 
and the throbbing was gone. A dim recollection of reports and accounts and adjustments flickered through his mind before disappearing completely and finally irrelevant. The only feeling now was hunger, strong enough to take the place of everything else, house, job, dreams, as a reason for being. Slowly, carefully, he rose from the floor. The reflection as he passed the mirror showed skin gone bluish-white, with eyes that were bloodshot and sunken. The face was tightened into a feral grin, with lips pulled back from the teeth slightly. None of this got noticed by him. It was all supremely unimportant. Only the hunger mattered. Growling with his hunger, he shuffled leisurely back through the office, looking for that girl from marketing. Irvin Maskell was finally moving at his own pace. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. I actually got shivers. That was a good story. I loved it. Unlike so many fabulous. that we read. Hey, that's not nice. But yes, it was stellar. I loved it. I was a little concerned that that homelessness was being attributed to, you know, something contagious. But now, <laughs> now, now I see that it was a little bigger than that. And how appropriate that I was talking about Kate Beckinsale mm. and her tight leather outfits. Yeah. Apparently the homeless are all zombies. Oh, see, I was thinking more vampirish, but... Or... Yeah, I mean, it was too early for a vampire to be out and about, right? Well, vam vampire, zombie-ish thing. Monster. I liked it. It was good. It was yummy. Are you going to rate it? Um, you want me to? We haven't rated a story since the beginning of the 18th century. Yeah, it just popped into my head. I'm going to give it three receding gum lines out of three and a half. <laughs> That's a pretty good rating. Thank you. Mm, receding gum line. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Ew. I love that smile. Oh, yeah. That's lovely. Charming. Ooh, I hope I don't get gingivitis. That's yucky. <laughs> gingivitis. 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 I brush my teeth a lot. You know what I hate more than anything in the world is brushing my tongue? Oh my god. Isn't that the most painful part of your day? No. Are you serious? I gag so badly. Um. Because, well, you know, I, I drink a lot of red wine and I love red wine, but it stains my teeth and it stains my tongue and, it, and I drink a lot of coffee. So... It's I I like I have to like scrub and scrub and scrub and to get back far enough for you know cuz I didn't think you had a gag reflex. Well, I don't in the right circumstances. But uh, for some reason my toothbrush just isn't um as welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should put toothpaste on your vibrator. I don't fucking <laughs> swallow my vibrator. Why would I do that? Well, <laughs> what would be the point of that? It's to to 
<laughs> to brush your tongue. <laughs> I'm not saying as a, as a, not as a rule of thumb for anything else. Okay, so mistook that. Why don't I just find a guy with uh, that I could strap a toothbrush to? <laughs> Like a, you know, an attachment, like a vacuum attachment. That's a, that's not a bad idea. You could, you could make condoms like, you know with what? built-in toothbrush. I'm, exactly. I'm having a little issue getting the like, wine and coffee stains off the back of my tongue. Um, can you please get in there a little further? I don't think I'd have a lot of argument with that hmm. little mission. It wouldn't be like, take the garbage out. It would be sort of like, oh, oh, I have a little job for you. Here's your afternoon chore. I think I'll have to ask uh, Professor uh, Polymer uh, the, uh, about the logistics of, of making condoms with uh, toothbrushes attached With to attachments, them. yeah. Brush attachments, special brush attachments for the hard-to-reach spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We just came up with a whole new marketing cross-promotion between Colgate and Trojan. Yeah. I'm brilliant. I told you I was a marketing genius. Oh, you just you never are. listened to me. <laughs> that is true. I, th- I think it's fucking fabulous. Actually, uh, a mouth vacuum cleaner of some sort might not be a bad idea. <laughs> like a Floby for your teeth? Well, I don't... Well, I was going to say I don't need to cut hair or anything but occasionally you get one stuck mm. in a in a hard to reach spot I prefer if my boys are well groomed do you carry a scissors with you um no I should though that that could seem kind of threatening though <laughs> yeah I guess so <laughs> excuse me hold on I just I need to just turn this up a little bit <laughs> Hi there, you nasty, dirty little whore. It's Barbie. How are you? Boy, have I got a story for you. It involves butt sex. So the other night I had a little cookout over here, and everybody's standing around poolside, enjoying some adult beverages, watching the grill, poking at the meat. And my friend, whom we still call Wednesday, said, I don't like big dicks. And we said, well, why is that? And she said, because I like to take it up the ass. Oh, that's clearly marked an exit. We didn't understand that at all. And we said, well, why? Why, Wednesday, would you like to take it up the ass? And she said, oh, because of the, pr- the pressure on my clit. Well, it seems to me if that's your goal, you just reach down there and fiddle with that thing. So having a dick up your ass. I mean, what's she thinking? So anyway, then she says, oh, yeah, I like to be on top so I can control the pressure because if you're on your hands and knees and do it doggy style, the guy has to reach around and put his hand on your face so he can feel you grimace if it's too much pressure. Fuck, I just bite him. Stop it. It hurts. It hurts. Get up. Don't do that. So then she says, well, actually, the wall between your pussy and your butthole is really thin, and if you stick your thumb up your asshole, and your finger up your pussy, you'll see what I mean. If anybody in their right fucking mind would ever do that, oh my God, plus I have long nails, I damage something in there. So then she says, and another thing, I like to put beer bottles up my ass, and Modelo Pro is the perfect shape. 
So my Mexican friend, who was present and having many adult beverages, about fell in the pool, and it's ruined beer for her forever. And the same individual was caught fucking some guy in the bathroom at my house during a party, which... I find a little unusual. And apparently he had her bent over the sink. I was not the person who discovered this, but God, after hearing what she's into, ooh, I hope they didn't use my hand towels. Bye. I saw the funniest t-shirt today. It said, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. <laughs> it spoke to me in volumes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was laughing out loud, and then suddenly I was really depressed. Because <laughs> I, I was sort of thinking, wow, yeah, good point. <laughs> I should take better care of myself. Yeah, well. Anyway. Okay. Uh, we need some phone calls. Yep, call our comment line at... Uh, one seven or one three oh five seven six shows as in show me your gag reflex. I've had just or lack enough. Of. <laughs> Vote for us on Podcast Alley. MySpace.com slash air out my shorts. And please, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Or whatever aggregator that you use. Um, yeah, okay, as long as they subscribe, I'm happy. I didn't, can they subscribe other ways? Uh, I mean, yeah, podcasting was around before iTunes, uh, had it. Well, I know that. We were around before iTunes. <laughs> we're old as dirt. Yes. And sometimes dumb as it, too. <laughs> <laughs> the com. Yes, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Good night. You've been listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. Air out your shorts by sending your short stories to shorts at theitspot.com or visit us at our website at theitspot.com. 